Hello, and welcome to episode five of Pushing the Envelope. This is the podcast where we talk about architecture, engineering, construction, high-performance building in general, um, all kinds of building science topics. My name is Matt Copeland, and today I want to talk about a topic that comes up a lot. Uh, I get asked questions about this a lot, and I think it's often misunderstood. And the topic is the difference between an air barrier and a vapor barrier. It's a really fundamental issue in building science, uh, and it has significant implications in how we design and how we build buildings. So today's episode, I'm going to run through what I hope will be a clear and easy to understand explanation of what these materials are, why we use them, when you might want to use one or the other. And I hope you walk away from it with a better understanding than when you started. Uh, And as well, I hope you can get some resources that you can follow up with to learn a little bit more. Um, Some of the stuff, obviously, I think will make more sense visually. So uh, I'm stretching a little bit to do this in an audio format, but uh, I'm going to give it a try and we'll see how it goes. So have a listen. Let me know what you think. I'm really curious to hear your feedback. Always open to ideas for new topics different formats. Uh, This is a different format. So far, I've done interviews. Uh, This one's going to be a monologue. So uh, I'll try to keep it short enough. You don't get bored of listening to me. And uh, and we'll go from there. So anyway, here it is, air barriers versus vapor barriers, what the differences are, when you want to use each one, and some resources to learn more information. All right, welcome to the show. Air barriers versus vapor barriers, fight. No, Uh, (laughs) we're just going to talk about the difference between them, what they are, the fundamental building science principles underlying these uh, words. Uh, They're just words. They're labels. Uh, But they're important because they describe different functions that uh, behave very differently in an actual building. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, Why are we even talking about this? Really, so much of what we do in building science and high-performance construction uh, is related to controlling moisture, controlling water. We don't want water to get where it's not supposed to be, right? Um, Everyone understands this at a really fundamental level when it comes to liquid water, the rainwater, right? we got to keep the rainwater out. That's why we have roofs and walls and all these things at a really big macro level. That makes sense. Because we know water causes all kinds of problems. Uh, Rotted wood, corrosion, mold. Uh, Generally, moisture-sensitive building components uh, are what we're worried about. We don't want to get water where it's not supposed to be, where it starts to cause damage and deterioration. So, a big part of our job is to control that water. So, in addition to controlling liquid water, We have to control water in other forms because the water is sneaky. It shows up in all different ways. Um, And what we often forget is that there is water in the air. So not just water, liquid water falling through the sky in terms of rain, but in the air that's floating around inside the room, there's water in that gas, in that air. Okay, and so we need to make sure that water doesn't get where it's not supposed to be as well. And there's a couple of ways that it moves around that we need to worry about. And that gets at the heart of air barriers and vapor barriers. So the two ways that that water moves around, uh, in fancy terms, that is diffusion and advection. So 
Don't worry too much about those words. But the point really is that that water in the air moves either in bulk very quickly or kind of at the molecular level very slowly. So bulk airflow, advection, is what we're talking about or what we're concerned about when we're talking about air barriers. And diffusion is what we're concerned about when we're talking about vapor barriers. It's just different ways of controlling how water moves by controlling different mechanisms of that movement. Okay, so let's talk about it a different way. So you've got air in a room, and there's some water mixed up in that air. Now, to cause big problems, you need enough of that water to get to some place it's not supposed to be uh, fast enough that it accumulates uh, to a point where it can be problematic. So if it moves too slowly, probably no big deal. Or if not enough of it moves, also probably no big deal. So we're concerned about the quantity and the rate that it moves. So let's talk about airflow first. Airflow can carry a whole lot of water very quickly from one spot to another. Think about a river. In a river, the water's flowing down from one spot to the next. Say you're sitting on the bank and the river's going left to right. All that water that's up in the river on the left really quickly moves to the river that's on your right, the part of the river on your right. It all flows in bulk at once, quickly. And it carries everything in it, all the dirt and silt and stuff that's mixed up in it, carries it down to the right really quickly. That's airflow through openings in a building. Openings in the building envelope, uh, in the air barrier or in the components of the building that are meant to control air allow a lot of water, I mean, yeah, a lot of water, a lot of air, which can carry a lot of water, to move very quickly. Because the fundamental issue here is that in air leakage, in airflow, the air carries the moisture with it. The same air and the same moisture go from one spot to the next. Now we can contrast that with diffusion which is very different because in diffusion, which is what we're trying to control with a vapor barrier, the moisture moves, but the air stays put. So you have air in one room that has moisture in it, and the moisture from that air can travel through materials, through solid materials, to another location without bringing the air with it, so that's the superpower for diffusion, right? It's like Shadowcat and X-Men can go through walls. That's pretty amazing. But like many superheroes, there's an Achilles heel. And in this case for diffusion, the weak point is that it is very slow. So for the diffusion to happen takes time, uh, can be a lot of time. So over the same period of time, a lot less water moves by diffusion than by airflow air leakage. So now we can start to see the fundamental difference here between these two materials, an air barrier and a vapor barrier, and between the two mechanisms of moisture movement that we're trying to control by using one or the other. Air leakage carries a lot of water very quickly because it moves both the air and the water that is in the air 
from one spot to the next. Okay, it's like a train. It can carry a lot of stuff really quickly, but it needs a path. It needs a track to follow. Diffusion, on the other hand, is very interesting because it can go through solid materials at the molecular level, but it's slow. So we use different materials to control the different mechanisms depending on our needs. A lot of materials can be an air barrier, and depending on how you put them together, they can make an air barrier assembly or system. If you join them together in ways that are also airtight, then that whole system works together to control airflow. Even something uh, like drywall is an air barrier, can be, depending on how you join it to the stuff that's next to it. So when you're thinking about air control, you really want to think about this at a uh, system level, at an assembly level. Vapor diffusion is more linear. It's not so critical that the joints between materials are, uh, let's say, sealed. Um, they don't necessarily have to be as carefully put together as an air barrier to work as well. But there's a smaller subset of materials that act as a vapor barrier compared to materials that act as an air barrier. Some air barrier materials, like drywall that we just talked about, allow moisture vapor to diffuse through them. So they're not a vapor barrier. We call that permeable, moisture vapor permeable. And we measure that characteristic, how much water can diffuse through it using a unit called PERMS. So higher PERMS means higher permeability, more water vapor can go through the material in a given time. All right, now things get a little more interesting because a lot of vapor barrier materials are also air barrier materials. And in the sort of terms of art, in the way we use these words in the industry, it's even more confusing because both materials, air barriers and vapor barriers, are often also water barriers. Makes things kind of confusing if you are not versed in this every day and using it every day as part of your part of your business or your your work. Um, and this, I think, is what leads to a lot of the confusion because most people in the industry or or related to the industry, when they think air barrier or vapor barrier, they think of some kind of membrane that either comes in a roll or comes in a can that gets painted onto the wall that uh, goes on the outside of the building and keeps out the water and maybe does some other stuff. So the problem is that we're not being clear with our words when we're talking about these things. And um, that's something that I'm trying to help with here. So I think uh, understanding the basic fundamental underlying principles will help with that. If you understand the function that these materials are trying uh, to achieve, then you're more likely to pick the right thing rather than getting caught up in the language and the words so much and the labels. So I think focusing on function is really important. All right, so now when do you want to use one or the other? How do you know? Um, it is not always easy to tell for everybody, uh, not even always easy to tell for experts and people that work on this stuff all the time. Sometimes it involves a fair amount of analysis. Um, but I would say in general, 
the thing to keep in mind is, like I said, a lot more water travels by air leakage than by diffusion. And so generally speaking, the air barrier is going to be the one you want to worry about first in most circumstances. There are times certainly when having a functional vapor barrier is important and appropriate to get the performance you're looking for. Uh, usually when the moisture loads in the air are unusually high um, or the moisture drive across an assembly is unusually high. But for most people, most of the time, worry about the air tightness first. And if you can get that right, you're probably going to be in pretty good shape. Now, uh, it matters where you put these things in the assembly. It matters uh, what climate you're in when you're designing and when you're building. So you do have to take all of that into account. Uh, and if you don't understand, or if you're not sure, uh, even after you've done some research, uh, then you know definitely ask an expert because uh, we can help. And it is, like I said, is not always straightforward and it's not always uh, an easy answer right away. You can find a lot of good information about these topics and others uh, online. Unfortunately, there's also a lot of confusing information online. So sorting that out can be a challenge. One good resource is the whole building design guide. There's uh, many, many pages of peer-reviewed, vetted information on there. Uh, there's great articles on airtight construction, on moisture control, which touches on some of the topics I've discussed, the differences between the way moisture moves through a building. So check that out. Uh, a couple posts on our website, copelandbec.com, related to this topic. I'll link those in the show notes as well. Um, building Science Corporation. Uh, another consulting firm in our industry has a fantastic website with all kinds of articles uh, on uh, on all these topics and more. Really great information. So those are some resources. Um, there are more, like I said. Uh, you certainly can get lost if you just start Googling, and um, you'll find a lot of information that will probably add to your confusion. So uh, I would start with some peer-reviewed industry-recognized sources, and then uh, see where that gets you. And like I said, if you're confused, reach out for help. Um, contact us. Contact uh, any of our peers in the industry. We'd be happy to help. Um, Air Barrier Association of America uh, has uh, great resources as well, and um, professionals you know, trained and certified by them also have a great understanding of this topic and would be, I'm sure, more than willing to help with you on your project. So I think that's it. Uh, I'm going to stop rambling on and I'm going to wrap it up. So big picture, okay? Airflow carries water in bulk. Vapor diffusion uh, moves water very slowly. And vapor barriers control diffusion. Air barriers control bulk airflow. That's really it. No more complicated than that. I hope this helped. I hope it was interesting a little bit. Um, and I'm really curious to hear your feedback on this episode, on any others, on topics you'd like to hear about. Um, please leave a review. Uh, apparently that makes a difference in how these things show up uh, via the algorithms. 
I don't know how many people are discovering this podcast uh, by browsing iTunes, but in any case, uh, reviews are cool. Uh, feel free to shoot me a note on LinkedIn or uh, via email, matt at copelandbec.com. All the show notes will be on copelandbec.com slash podcast along with all of the rest of our episodes. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, look forward to hearing from you and we'll be up with the next episode next month. Take care.